welcome to Powerful Impact. This is SP, and we have Goddess and Tiptoe hosting today. How are you? Hey guys, how you guys doing? I'm good. Excited. We have special guest DK, the producer, and just though the MC. How you guys? So I guess I'll start off with something just a little um a little softball for you guys this evening. Um, where are you from? Oh, me? I'm from uh so I'm from Brooklyn, East New York. Uh, uh born and raised. Lived there all my life. And DK? Um, I'm Canadian. I live in Halifax, Nova Scotia at the moment. All right, Maria. Nice. Okay, so let me ask you guys something. How did each of you get your stage names? Uh, I'll start with Justo first. I'll try to make this as short as possible. So when I started <laughs> rapping uh, in high school, I didn't have a rap name, right? Um, and at the time, a homeboy of mine, he had found out my middle name was Justin, right? And he, for whatever reason, he thought that was hilarious. And so he started calling me Justo. Little did I know it was, he was kind of mimicking or he was calling me that because of the DJ out in East New York. It's a well-known DJ named Justo. Um, and I didn't know, I, you know, I'm a lot younger than him, so I didn't know. So I, I was like, I'm going to just start calling myself that. When I started rapping, I was like, that was, you know, he was clowning me, but I ended up using it as like a rap name. And it wasn't until I met DJ Premier that he told me, yo, you know about Justo from East New York? Like, that's a well-known DJ out in, in New York. So you can't like use it. You got to add a different moniker. So he was the one who told me to put the MC on my name. So that's how I got Justo the MC, the whole like layout. So long story short, that's how I got my name. That's dope. Wow. Like so, so premiere. Uh, helped, helped you to uh, chat the end. Well, basically told you, hey, you need to add something else. That's dope. I need to add something else. That's, yeah. That's actually, pretty. Yeah. 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 And, and what about you, DK? Um, I minored honestly, just like uh, my first, my initials, <laughs> but. Uh, I always kind of just went with that just because, uh, I mean, some of the guys and like the, uh, and some of the MCs and the DITC crew, like OC, AG, just use their initials. So uh, it worked for them. So I just did the same thing, basically. Yeah, that's fine. I remember uh, I had um, requested, I have some friends that do live reactions, right? I had requested your guys's uh, the track effortless, right? And they were because there's this rapper that goes by DK, DK the rapper, and they're like, "Yo, I didn't oh, know shit. DK was producing. This is," it. and I had to tell them, "No, old different <laughs> DK, dude. Like th this is not DK the little. This is actual a different DK." But they uh they they loved it. Like it's. I love that project a lot. That whole project is just amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, moving on, let, let's see. Um, does your, okay, well, you already answered that basically because, like, 
the just so is from your middle name and DK mm -hmm. is your initials, basically. So let me ask you, what made you two decide to work together? Like, did you guys know each other prior or hear about each other? Either one can answer. Can we feel this one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Justo, the MC, dropped a video. This is a while ago. It probably must have been 10 years ago. It's called It's Our Year. And DJ, they were at a record shop. And DJ Premier was actually in it. And I was like, I know, I saw it. And it was like, not. I guess like YouTube wasn't as popular as it is now. But like the video didn't really like have as many views as like I was just expecting for like such quality music. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what what he's doing. So I think I ended up reaching out like within a year. And then I just like sent him over some stuff. And we just like kind of emailed back and forth. And I don't know. We just, yeah, we just kept in touch, I guess. And finally, we put out a project. Yeah, that's basically how it went down. That's crazy. It's been, it's, it's 10 years. Yeah, because uh, I think I dropped that in 2012. So, yeah, man, that's crazy. Thank you, back. So, what, what, what was it like to um, get that, those beats from him? Because I've listened to his to his beats and I'm like, damn, who did that? Yeah. And it was in uh, the other chat room that I discovered who he was. And I was like, oh, that is just sick. So when you heard those beats, how did that hit you? Because it hit me hard. <laughs> nah, dope. Yeah, yeah. Nah, DK is interesting because when he sends when he sends beats, he sends them kind of like skeletons. So they mm -hmm. don't have a lot around it first. Like he kind of sends it. And then so I'll, you know, obviously it'll be dope. And I'm like, all right, and I'll put something on it. And then when he sends me a new version, it'll be like all this other stuff added to it, or it'll have a different feel to it. So like working with DK was like interesting at first because he would send me a beat. And then if I didn't like send him the rhyme quick enough, he would send me another version of the beat. And I'd be like, yo, he just like flipped it like, you know, he's like really like, um, like he just does a lot of intricate stuff with his beats. And it's like, if you don't sit, if if I didn't send it quick enough, like the verse, he would be like, well, what do you think about this version? I'm like, oh shit. And, and sometimes he would do it and it would actually bring different things out so it was a uh, it was it was cool like I just from the beginning I was open to working with people so the moment he sent it to me you know he started sending me beats it was it was kind of like that it was like oh and he would like send me like different vibes and stuff and so it was fun I mean it was great it was it was definitely clearly because we're still working together so it was definitely um a lot of good shit yeah I think like working with him too like really helped me evolve as well like just like um improve structure and like skeletons are cool and stuff but you know they actually do a full uh flesh track or make it sound complete complete that's like just another layer another level yeah. of production in my opinion but but your beats hit me too because um until i knew who you were i was not expecting you like this, I don't don't take no offense to it because you are really dope. I was expecting a whole different, like somebody else, and um, you really like a Chinese really guy, Asian guy. Uh, uh, 
That's real though. That's real. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised too because I was like, "Who did that beating?" And I heard your voice. And then when I finally saw you, I was like, "Oh shit, he's fire!" <laughs> Yo, and he was my introduction to Canada. Like as far as like these Canadian producers, because I'm from New York. You know, I don't I didn't know anything about Canada prior to, especially Canada Canadian hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think DK was one of the first people from Canada to hit me up on a production tip. And since then, I've worked with several artists from Canada. I feel like DK kind of opened the floodgates because it's I've crazy worked with too. several artists now from Canada, but he was the first. It's I, I, I'll go on a limb and say you were the first, DK. I, I definitely you. think so. Yeah, like all your other collaborations too with like other guys like uh, DJ Uncle Fester, Bozak, like all those guys are Yeah, crazy. Bozak, uh, yeah, The Lost Info. Yeah, all those guys are crazy. All those guys are Canadian. So yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. So, um, well, the pro your, your project was fire, but what was your, what was your favorite song off of your project? If you could pick one, I can't pick one. I've tried to pick one and I'm like, I feel, I, I ch it changes for me. So, how how do you, do you have a favorite song? Do you want me to feel this one first? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I honestly, I'm really proud of the album, and I like every track on it. But I'll just go with the realest to do it, just because for a few reasons. The first <laughs> is because I was in Spain, like I think in 2012. And I went to this like flea market and they had like these rear 45s of like American soul. Mm -hmm. and I found like a 45 and it's just like so amazing. Like you go to another country and you just find like this like lost piece of art that like nobody even like remembers or it's just like basically forgotten and it's nothing. Then all of a sudden, like, you know, you put it on the turntable and I was able to just like chop like really intricately, like several different pieces and just make it sound cohesive. It definitely had like a real like, I know as soon as I heard the sample, it just like moved me. And then obviously Justo felt the same way because like his, you know, raps and that are extremely like heartfelt on the song as well, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, it just basically captures the moment perfectly. That's that's the only way I can put it. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I would say that was that's my second favorite. My first is effortless. Effortless is my favorite joint on there just because. I mean, even when I was writing it, that's why it's titled Effortless. Like the the words were just coming out, like the flow was just coming out. Once I first, that was one of my favorite beats too. Like when when DK sent it to me, I was like, oh man, I'm about to go ham. I, it's like one of those things where you know it's about to go down. So when he sent it to me, and that's why the, the song ended up being Effortless because it was just it just all connected with it right away, right? Right away, right away, right away. But the realest to do it is this my second favorite because. It wasn't even going to be on a project. Like, it was a beat that DK had put on his Instagram, and I heard it, and I was like, yo. And I hit him up. I was like, bro, you might have to send me that joint. We got to put that joint on. I even say that on the track. If, if you guys hear in the yeah. beginning, I'm like, yo, DK, we had to put this one on there because it wasn't even going to be on the project. So that's Was it natural for you to come up with the lyrics, or did you feel like you had to kind of, like, practice a little bit more? For what, the whole project or just that joint? Just that one. Oh, realistic to do it. Um, 
Which one? Realistic dude or effortless? Effortless. My effortless was literally, that's why I called it effortless. Like, as soon as I heard the beat, I was just like, it was one of those zones. I don't know if, you know, like, like what you guys like love to do, but you know, like when you're doing it and you're in that zone, it's like nothing matters. It's just like, it's just going. That's how you're not even thinking about it. You're not even thinking about it. Yeah. You're not even thinking about it. So effortless is my favorite along with, um, hold it. What is it? Hold me, hold it down. Cool, I love, I love hold it down. I like what you're saying on it. When you say you love hip hop, you're allowed to bump. Like, I, I just love that track and effortless. I'm, I love the scratching on it and the yeah. way you're just flowing. Like it, yeah. Those two are my favorite. The realist is dope too, though. The whole project is good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, effortless. Yeah. Like when I made the beat, it's like I liked it. It was cool, but like you know, once Justo rapped on it, it just basically just brought it to the next level. That's nice. that's all I can say. Yeah, I, I it sounded like um, you made it sound. You made it. You made it look easy. So, oh, oh, and um. Let me ask you. It, it felt like it should have been called effortless. I agree. I agree. Um, you made it seem effortless too. Like, I, and I know it's not. You know what I mean? Like, I could never do anything mm-hmm. like that. But you guys made it seem effortless. Appreciate it. Amazing man. track. So, let me ask you. What do you want people to get out of this body of work and take away? from it after listening to it like what what is this for each of you what would you guys want your your audience to take from it um you want me to go dk yeah go ahead all right so you know we named it or you know i named it this is me because as i was titling the tracks and it was all coming together it just felt like a it just felt authentic you know, even the way we put the project together was really authentic. So I just want people to feel that authenticity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want them to feel, you know, that hip hop vibe. You know, uh, I think DK, when we first got the masters from Uncle Fest, I was like, man, it's like it's missing something. Like, I wanted that energy. I wanted people to feel. And so we even went back to do the masters again because I just felt like it had to have that feel to it. You know, that home, like. You just feel like you're part of a story. You feel like you're part of something. And so I think that was the main thing, just people feeling that authenticity and just hearing my story kind of, you know, I I sprinkle little nuggets in there about different things about my life and stuff. And so Mm -hmm. I was trying to paint a picture, really. And so that's that's that was the whole idea of it. That's what I want people to get from. And what would you want? And what about you, DK? Yeah, I think Justo hit the nail on the head. But also, it's like, um, you know, real content, no fluff. Um, Yeah, just good beats, good bars, you know, nothing too complicated at the same time. That's good hip-hop, man. I'm going to throw some some shit on the wall and see if it sticks. (laughs) Man... Use one word to describe this project. Just one word. 
Oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> uh, one strong word. Oh, I got one. Okay. Cohesive. Okay. Like I just feel like I just feel like the project and we've got that we got a lot of people told us like when we first put it out the first couple interviews we did they said everything just like it flows like every song kind of flows into the next one and mm -hmm. then when it's over it's like oh shit it's done like you know because we didn't drown it out and put like 15 tracks you know what I'm saying it was a, you know it's it's a, a short project but it's cohesive it makes sense the beats feel good. Like you go from one beat to the next. It doesn't, there's not one beat in there. that's like, oh, what the hell is this? You know what I'm saying? Like everything just feels right. So I would say cohesive. Like it's a very cohesive project. Organic. It, it did. It left me wanting more. And I think that's what you want from a project. Yeah. It made me go and check out your catalog. It made me find out, find out about DK because I wanted more so cohesive is good what about you dk i would say organic just because like just explained earlier that it's just very easy to put together very org just came together in a very organic fashion and i think that is definitely reflected by the feedback we've gotten from most people yeah you know this project is there are a lot of great artists out there and dope songs but there's some project you can't bump in the ride right that they, they you can but it's not that type of vibe in a way it's just something but this one this project bumps smooth in the ride you know what i mean you're taking your ride you're just vibing out jamming and, you yeah, know yeah. just it's perfect yeah uh, and that's that's something real big with me because i'm in my car a lot so you know what I mean? Like I spend a lot of time in my car bumping music wherever I'm going. So yeah, uh, yeah, I love it for the ride too. Appreciate that. So um, just so, what is, what is one word you use to describe DK? Ooh, um, damn. That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, right now, I would say froze because he's frozen as hell right now on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> he's frozen as hell right now. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. We got two of him on the screen. Yeah, I see two. Yeah, okay, there, okay, go. Okay. there you go. There you go. Such a good question. Gotta love technology. Yo, come back to me. Come back to me. Ask DK. I want to see what he said. I got to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, DK, give me one word that describes just those. Insightful. My man. Mm. My man. Yes, that's a good word. Man. That is a good word because I didn't just listen to this project. I've listened to several of his projects and that word is beautiful to describe him because I have found your music to be just that. Thank you, thank you. Yo, I, I'm a, I, this one's kind of funny though. I'm gonna say DK is, he's kind of cunning. And I'll say, I'll give you a reason why, because DK, like, 
like you said about like when you heard the beats and then you saw him and he was like, yo, like DK, he's like, he's so good at what he does, but like, you wouldn't really like, he doesn't even go about it. Like he's that guy. Like he just does it. You know what I'm saying? He just does it. And so it was like the, even how, even when we dropped the tape, like he was finding ways to get people engaged in it. And I was like, dude, how'd you even like, you know, like what did you do? And he was like, dude, I just I just hit him up. I just emailed him, asked him straight up questions. I'm like, dude, you're like, you're a sneaky, cunning dude. Like, you really just know how to do shit. And you wouldn't even think he was like on that wave. You know what I'm saying? But he's right. he's so brave with it because as artists, sometimes we can get caught up in, in, in being like afraid to ask people stuff or yes. afraid to try to do stuff, yes. you know, because we get so many no's and so many like, nah, like I'm not, you don't got a big name or you don't got enough Instagram followers or blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? So to be able to do that and not think about that other stuff, you know, that's, the, I, I love that about him. So no, nah, I don't mean a dis disrespectful way, but like, he's just kind yeah. of, because what I, what I, uh, when I heard him, speak and and talk about the album he was so humble yeah and i was like i listened to those beats you better talk your shit i did that shit like that man yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. So since you brought up other artists, let me ask you, you know, how you get a no and this and that. Yeah. Who is your ideal collaboration? Like who who would you who do you dream of working with? And that goes for both of you. So I'm gonna ask DK first and then just so can go next. Name an artist you would love to to work with to rap on your beat, DK. Um Jay-Z. <laughs> 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 you know what? No I would love to hear that, to be honest with you. No yeah. I would love to hear that. I would love to hear what Jay would do with one of your beats because you are great. What is your team to uh, Team Cricket? Because he asked about producers for his new bra. I said, Sir, here's a list of producers. And this one kid named DK. And uh, who knows? We'll see. But so if you get a call from Cricket, don't think it's a, it's a joke. Is he really him? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Tiptoe, did you share any did you share any um music with him? Did you share like your album? I, okay. I share everything with him. Dope. Like Dope. I send him all the new artists I, I listen to. So just give us a 10% cut to powerful yeah, impact. All right, GK. Um, I don't get anything. So no. Uh just so who would you like? Who is your dream collaboration? Whether it's another artist or producer, it could be both. Yeah, I think I would love to go bar for bar with Nas. That would be crazy. Oh. I would love to go bar for bar with Nas. And and production wise, it might surprise you guys, but I would say either Timberland. Timberland's one of my favorite producers of all time. Timberland or Just Blaze. I would love to get on the Just oh. Blaze track. I would you love to get Just on the Just Blaze. Track. He don't get enough love, I don't think. He really does he's not. Brilliant. He he's brilliant. Really does not. Yeah. 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 
So those I are two of my favorites. I, I would love to hear what you would do with a Timberland beat. Yo. Yeah. That would be epic to hear with how you would fuck up a Timberland beat. I'm Man. just saying. I was jealous because J. Cole, his last album, he did a he did a Timberland actually produced one of his joints mm-hmm. on that. And I was just like, damn, son. Like mm, I would love to be in that position. To be like, yo, hit up because a matter of fact, I saw the backstory. He had saw something that Timberland had posted and he just hit Timberland up. Like I would love to mm-hmm. just be like, yo, bro, you just posted something. I want that beat. That would be crazy. Do you know, tag him in your stuff. And and it, it, it brings up, like, I know it seems like people are like, I don't want to bug him. You know, he's big. What is he going to do if I tag him? But, dude, I, he works with a lot of um, artists that aren't signed and aren't known. You, you never know. And we are just the kind of people who send People we don't know all of y'all shit because you know that's just what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let somebody say I need a beat. Your email will be blowed up because I always send them. It doesn't matter who it is. Hey, SP and I be. Don't we just tag everyone and anyone and just be sending it like check this out? Oh, you need to check all the time. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Goddess. You're up, girl? Yes. Am I up? You're up, girl. All right, I got a question for Justo. How did the pandemic affect you? (laughs) She. (laughs) (laughs) That's a loaded question, man. She, man. Now, the, the pandemic was tough, man. The pandemic was, it was artistically, it was. It was cool though because I got to get into a zone I, I I've never normally. I think for artists, I think a lot of my artist friends say this: like the pandemic, certain parts of the pandemic was great because to be stuck in the I crib and just learn new stuff. I I tried. I taught myself how to engineer. I taught myself how to um, yes. produce a little bit better. Um, yes. So I was doing. I was doing. I wasn't even really working on like writing as much as I was trying to learn how to engineer. Was learning how to create my own beats mm-hmm. and stuff so you know it gave me a chance to be you know artistic but in a way where i was like trying to like elevate myself you know do different stuff so in that part it was great you know what i mean artistically yeah. I, I had my studio set up so i was able to record at home so i was still you know pushing out tracks as a matter of fact i think i recorded that project at home right dk like i, re- I recorded this is me at, at my crib and just saying yeah, the, the vocal files so that part was great, you know, but then being locked in a crib, you know, I have two daughters, they're very young. So that, how you know, old? How old? right now they're three and five at the time they were two and four, Aww. like when the pandemic first broke down. So they Aww. were, yeah, they, they, they were ready. They oh, were you ready, was ready. going, you was going through it though, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't oh, oh. Nowhere. You can't do anything. I know, I know. My Yo, the only thing that saved me, the only thing that saved me was like, in the summertime, you know, we were able to at least still take them out. Like we would still go to the park and stuff like that. But right. when that winter hit, bruh, that was crazy. So, you know, I think, but but I, I always say this, I feel like if people didn't go like crazy or they didn't like grow themselves, 
then I don't trust them because the pandemic was right. like it had to do one or the other to you. It had to make yeah, you either greater totally, or crazy. I like, totally agree. I always tell like, yo, this pandemic is going to test who you really are. Exactly. Are you going to take this opportunity to find a way to grow, or are you going to just fall apart? Facts. And let yeah. me tell you, a lot of artists <laughs> were like, yes. Yeah. I have time to actually be creative. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, it was I can great. elaborate. Yes. It was great. That part DK, was what about you? Yeah, DK, tell us how did the pandemic affect you? Um, well, I yeah, like Justo said, I basically just spent a lot more time at home. I made a ton of beats. I just felt like my production got like a lot better with them, like even like the first like three or four months of the pandemic and then uh, I know I just kind of set a schedule for myself and uh, yeah, just uh, did you go crazy in the middle, or were you like, <laughs> were you like, oh, this is lovely, this is nice, or were, you, or were you yes. like me? I'm a natural introvert, so well, y'all yeah. fit into my world, Facts. Facts. yes, and no, but like, because like, a thing a lot, what I do is like, I go to a lot of local shows. Mm-hmm. type of thing and that's how i connect with like the local community and i travel i was actually supposed to go to new york just before the pandemic hit i know oh, like, wow. literally like two weeks be- right before the everything like shut down mm-hmm. I, was, yeah. I had something booked anyways um what was i saying oh yeah so yeah i, I networking like and traveling that type of thing is a big part of what i do but yeah the beat part hey. definitely got easier a lot of artists told me that too, that the, the non-touring thing kind of hit their pocket, but it forced them to uh, write more and do more, you know, since they were home. Mm-hmm. A couple of them built a studio, mm-hmm. others, you know, so, mm-hmm. yeah. But touring, I get it. Going to shows, they couldn't do that anymore because of the pandemic. Yeah, it's a big, it's, a, it's hard. For sure. I got, a, I got a quick question. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I see what you guys No, go for it. Go for it, guys. Okay, okay. So, are you guys familiar with the NFT? Oh, never have you. Yeah, I've heard of it. DK? Yeah, I know what they are. Okay, you know what they are. So, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm learning about how music is really trying to take advantage of NFTs. It's not all about, you know, pictures, art, JPEGs, and all of that, but the actual music industry has the ability to take advantage of that space. And um, I I don't know if you guys saw what happened with Tory Lanez. Did anybody see the whole situation with Tory Lanez? No. So basically what he did is he decided to drop his album as an NFT I think he sold it for like maybe a dollar. He promoted it for a long time. And then as soon as he dropped it, he made like a million copies and then they just, they sold right off the bat, Mm. you know, for his artists. So how open are you guys to the idea of utilizing the NFT space to grow your music collectively, both DK and Justo. How do you feel about it being an opportunity for music? I mean, Tori made a million bucks. 
You know what I mean? I saw In five minutes. minutes. No, one minute. 57 seconds. One minute. Less than a minute. One minute. What do you think, DK? Oh, yeah. So think? I saw what Currency did. It was pretty cool. Like, he just released an like, exclusive album. And then, like, if you bought it, you got to, like, meet him backstage and stuff. And I think that's, like, a yeah. pretty cool perk. Like, I think that that's, like, definitely something that, you know, independent artists can pull off, like, with success. Assuming the music is good and um, the product is, like, super exclusive. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, though, it's not necessarily just exclusive to the artist, but a lot of the people that are getting involved in it are coming in as teams. Right. You know what I mean? Because when you come in as a team, you are basically creating the opportunity for people to kind of like have an inside view on what you're doing. You know what I mean? Um, I think a lot of times what the artists are doing is that they're using those NFTs as basically, it's almost like a membership. Yeah. Fans, you know? So when fans own, uh, you know, even if it's a small percentage of your music online, now they feel like they're on your team too. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, if it's not something that you guys have considered and it doesn't even cost anything, I think it's great because it gives your followers something of value because now it's not just them listening to your music online, but now they're, you know, they have they're they have a part of what you're doing of your project. Right. You know, right. long term. And now they follow you even longer down that journey because they feel like they're invested in everything that you do moving forward. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right, right, I think right. it's it's definitely something for you guys to look into because what you guys guys have going on is is, is incredible. It's valuable. It's, it's great. You know? And this Thank is you. the this is the time like you said, like you know, the pandemic gave artists the opportunity to create. All right, great. A lot of artists actually did create something. But now you have all these people that love what you do. They're followers, they're fans, they're listening to everything that you're doing. They're watching you on social media. So now if you transition into the NFT space, you're giving them, you know what I'm saying, something invested in what you're doing. It makes them feel like they want to be a part of your next move. You know what I'm saying? Because they own a small part. And I, I think a lot of people get um, distracted with the idea that, oh, my God, it costs thousands of dollars to get involved. No. You know what I'm saying? You, if you make the price small, but you make the following large, that's how you. That's how Tory Lanez made money. He dropped his album for nothing. Millions of people bought it. Boom. Made a million dollars in a day. You know what I'm saying? So I think as a team... Sure. It's something to definitely consider. I don't know. I, I think you guys are doing something great, and I see you guys doing something long-term, you know what I'm saying, and really growing from this. Um, I'm really impressed with the fact that you guys work together and, and you guys have so much respect for each other and, 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 and are in this together. So I don't know. I just want to let you guys know that you know, you're on the right path. Thank you. I appreciate so, that. Uh, Very good information. Go, for real. Going up. Now that everything is opening up, like starting to reopen, mm -hmm. do you guys have any plans for shows or tours or anything? Um, at the moment, not for me. Um, 
especially in the New York scene, it's like I'm good right now. Like I like my thing right now, what I'm working on is because I feel like it's 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 been something that's more beneficial to me at this point in my career is working with um like television. Like I so I do music for like uh what do you call it? like uh sync music. So that's music right. that you make for television and stuff. Right, uh, right. You get licensed for for television and and so I'm really trying oh, to grow cool. I'm trying to grow the money that I'm making through my publishing. And you don't really do that like when you're just streaming unless you're Jay-Z or you know Nas mm-hmm. or you know, Big Name. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like the the streaming is a is a is a tough role. So DK actually helped me link with a guy who does it often. He's a producer who does it often, and we've gotten into some business together, and it's it's been paying off, and it helped me link up with another producer. And so I have these several situations. So I'm not really like I'm, you know, with my kids are still young. I'm trying to still be, you know, right. you know, around a little bit more. But I'm definitely thinking about it. I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. Cause you know I've been doing this for a minute. I don't want to do just do little rinky dink shows in the city. Like I want to make sure I'm on something legit. And if I'm not on something legit, that means I just got to work harder. But while I'm doing that, I'm making sure I'm putting you know stock into into my licenses music and still dropping my stuff in there. So that's that's where my mm-hmm. mind is at right now. Hey, TV pays pretty good. Um, you oh. know, writing for shows and stuff like that pays pays really well. For sure, for sure. You just gotta have the right opportunity. So I'm yeah, just yeah. staying at it. BK, you low key the man. Facts, yeah. facts. Yeah. Oh, he got the connect. I told you, he cunning. He got you the connect. You low key the man. He got the connects. Yeah. Well, it's a lot easier to make connections if you actually have something valuable to offer. That's that's why I tell that's people. I mean, if you don't that's have anything to offer, what you know? What's the point? But yeah, just for me. Um, just trying to do some beach showcases around the city, not traveling too much right now. There's still like nice few restrictions in Canada. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, I'm trying to get Justo to come up here at some point to do a show. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I need to get a tour with it. I'm working yeah. on some other little compilation albums just to use as, mm-hmm. my business, as a business card type of thing situation for me. And Oh yeah, and I want to do another project with Justo at some point. Yeah, you're um, right. And just like press up some vinyl and uh, mm-hmm. sell it like super exclusively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, let me ask you. Uh, just this is kind of off the topic of the music. Um, you're talking about um, doing some shows in Canada. Uh, what is going on with Vancouver right now? I'm not sure. I'm, it's all the way across the other on the other side of the country. So I well, won't I'm, to tell you. The reason I'm asking, I, I think it's. Um, I keep trying to find information on. Um, I think it's some fires or something. Like wildfires? Yeah. 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 I think over the summer, I think they there's always wildfires. It's like it's like California over here. Right? Yeah, Cali. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Vancouver's on the west side. Yeah, exactly. It's far Got from it. Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they probably yeah, get Cali. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've been trying to find information on it. Somebody mentioned it to me, and for some reason, my my um, Texas don't want me to know because every time I pop in, it's like you don't live there, and it's <laughs> what. Let me ask you a question, Joseph. Do mm -hmm. you think there is colorism and gender discrimination in hip hop still currently to this day? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I feel like hip hop is, you know, it's still, uh, um, I can't think of the word for it, but it, it gives you a synopsis of what's going on in the regular world, you know what I'm saying? So there's colorism and, and, and genderism, sexism and all that stuff in in america so yeah there's definitely still that in hip-hop um i think but at the same time i think people are starting to be more open-minded just like you know yes. in the country in general so yes. i think that you know there are trailblazers there are people that are making steps but like any trailblazer is going to be difficult it's going to be a lot of bs it's going to be a lot of people pushing back um yeah. so um but yeah of course i think all that stuff is still going on and alive and well, so, unfortunately. So trailblazing, do you think Conway wearing the shirt and uh Cuddy wearing the dresses, do you think they're trailblazing? Or uh, do you them specifically, I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh you know people I like pissed. I think Conway, I think I think people people misunder misinterpreted what Conway was wearing. That was not a was skirt, a that was a tribal um yeah. outfit. Was it, it, it was something that was native to the country that he was in, so oh, it wasn't a skirt. I'm surprised. But Cuddy, Cuddy was wearing a white wedding dress and holding the hand of a dude. Yeah, but um, Cuddy, Cuddy different, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, for me, like, I'm never worried about like what no other man is doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what they right. do is what they do. I'm not going right. to hate on it. I'm not going to shit on it. It's not what I would do, but I'll leave it at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, hip-hop is, hip-hop hip -hop right now is super diluted anyway. Like, hip-hop yeah, right. itself is so many sections. Like, you can't even- It's diverse. It's, it's, it's so diverse. diverse that you can, and sometimes it, 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 it even turns into different genres, and I don't know how we can even, it's hard to even say what's hip-hop was not nowadays, because you're looking right. at the underground, like what me and DK do. You look at, like, the mainstream, which has several different kind of styles. So it's just really difficult right. right now to even say what the genre is, you know what I'm saying? Or who to put in or who to yeah. put out. It's just, so, it's, it's tough, it's tough. Yeah, but I think, I think that as an artist though, I think as an artist, I really feel deep down in my heart as an artist, we have to respect other artists as yeah, an artist. For sure. Because it's, it's not designed for us to be the same. It's designed for us to stand out, to be different. Whether we agree with how they, you know, display their artistry, I think that as an artist, I always respect other people's artistry, whatever they're doing. Right. And you know, I agree fine. with that, but like, okay, so growing up. I know where you're going. I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going like with I'm it. Like I'm saying, hip hop is very competitive. I've been listening to it since 79. Sure. 
SP, you're with me on listening to it that long. So it's very competitive. And and the bold move in hip hop is always to just this or just that and very outspoken. There's conscious hip hop, there's fun hip hop, there's gangster hip hop, there's sure. this and that, right? Conscious so that's where I was going with it. Like um I really don't care what an artist does. If they're disrespectful, then um you know, I don't go for that. But if they're if they're doing it in music, being competitive, I can I can be okay with that. Yeah. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, I agree. So it's it's clutch and travel has been impaired. That's why I was asking. I knew travel had wow. been impaired that they <laughs> shut down the railways. So that, that, that was what it was. DK's still like, man, I'm on the other side of the world, basically. Yeah, but still. <laughs> that's, on the, that's on the other side. Yeah, yeah but Canada's got a lot going on. It's washouts and landslides and oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I guess it's because I'm one of those people, if something happens in New York, I want to volunteer to go up there and help, that kind of thing. That's, oh, I feel yeah. that. I feel that. I feel that. I feel yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> that's no, you're not. No, you're not. That's a big heart. Yeah. That's a big heart. Yeah. You're not a weirdo. You got a big heart. That's a big heart. Yeah. I mean, it, it's good to give back, and it don't always have to be in your own community. Like, Thanks. it's good to, to be helpful. It makes What's your good, dream destination you know? to perform? Mm. Oh. Um. Get a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I get a lot of love. I was working with a lot of artists from France at one point. Mm. Um, I've worked with. Here's a, a fun fact about me. I've worked with, I want to say, at least ten to fifteen different people from different countries in different aspects of music. So whether it was wow. they made a, a a a cover album cover for me, or you know a, a, like a digital video or production, and I've never been to any of these countries. The only country I've been to is Canada because I went to Toronto and I shot a video with Los Info, a squad that um that I worked with a little bit after DK, and that's mm -hmm. the only place I've been. Like I've worked with guys from Mexico, I've worked with people from uh, France, Spain. Netherlands. I mean, the list. Hip hop is big in France. Yo, it's crazy. Do you speak French? Do you speak French? Who? I do. Yeah. DK, what about you? What's your yeah, dreaming destination? What's my fa my favorite uh, ideal uh, show destination? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, is it called the Knitting Factory? Is that the one in Brooklyn? Hey. Yeah, yeah hey. I'll say that. Are you kidding? Shout Are you serious? Oh, Are you serious, hey, DK, the whole planet? Hey, hey, hip hop Exactly. All right, DK, another one. <laughs> Give us a different one. Some jet fuel, more no, jet fuel. America. No, no, you don't have to do that. Don't listen you to that. You can drop it out one. You can drop it out one. Hey, the Brooklyn is just fine. You, Yo, DK it. got the illest beats. I want to know, is it like Singapore? <laughs> yeah. or like New Zealand? 
I can get on a plane and be in Newark in three hours and not look and go to New Zealand. Oh, shit, <laughs> yo, I'm like, let DK, him know. DK, let him know. There you go. Never I'm internationally known and I'm locally accepted. Hold that answer. That's my answer. Boom. Boom. That was a good question, OSP. I appreciate that. That, that was. Yes. And then that he was. said Knitting Factory, Brooklyn. He said Knitting Factory. <laughs> Come to the Hot and sweaty. Hot and sweaty. I think that's what no no BS. I think that's what Common filmed. Um, I forgot the name of that song, but he's in the basement and Kanye produced it. Dun, 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 dun. Oh man, the joint on the the album after um, oh I can't the beat the after the album after B. He filmed that in the Knitting Factory. I love wow. when someone's talking about music and they start doing like a beat. And, thing, doing and, the, and beat. the beat don't sound nothing like it. it. Never sounds nothing it like it. Sound. It's black. It's a black and white video, and it's like sweaty. That'd be man. the type when you be like, "Yo, that's not helping." That's me, not it, no. You singing gangster. No, that's not it. I don't know. I still don't know. I got two more questions before I gotta get off to get ready for work tomorrow um okay so who are who are the two of you listening to currently other than yourself like in hip-hop in hip-hop in general or it could you know what it don't even have to be hip-hop it could be a, some other genre of music no nah, it's cool uh dk you want to go first i want to know what dk oh he left oh yeah. he left. <laughs> I don't want to answer that. So Damn. He says, All right, so I'll answer that. it. He's listening to opera. Just so uh, that's not you. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you're going to say Willow Smith. Nah, 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 nah. I have, <laughs> yeah. Yo, I, know, know, I have three questions, but this I, one first. Yo, so first of all, I'll be listening to Rhapsody. Rhapsody's fire. Rhapsody. Okay. Um, surprisingly, it's my surprise. I listen to Dave East a lot. Like Dave oh, East, Dave East, Dave East yeah. um, Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. Okay, J. Cole. so you heard the new one by Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I listen to like some underground cats. Like I listen to um, uh, what's his name? Oh God, I can't even think of dude. Danielson. Yeah. I listen to um. Damn, it's a it's a couple people like Flea Lord is is kind of dope. I listen Flea to Conway. Lord, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I listen to like a lot of gritty like underground hip hop. I like that you said Davies. You know who's my what my favorite song is by him? Free Smoke. Yeah, no, I, you know what? That's one of his new joints, so, right? Yeah. Free? No, that's like that's like a little one. joint. That's so I like his. Joint. I like um. I like um. What's that album? Oh my God! His Kyrie, Kyrie, not too long ago. The one named after his daughter. That joint is dope. That joint is dope. Let me tell you something, Dave East. Kyrie Chanel. If I go to a concert, I could literally go on stage and like rhyme right with him. That That's is like, crazy. you know how when people say you have your moment, I'm gonna have yeah, my yeah, moment. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, no, he's. He, he, I feel like he's really underrated, but I, I know why yeah. he's underrated. I know, I know why, because he right. he dabbles too much. Because sometimes he'll be like underground, and then he does like a whole bunch of like modern records, like you know, modern, like new school yeah. records, and his albums are too like up and down. And so I feel like right. people don't know. He can't really find a fan base because yeah, but it's the underground that's always the best. I yeah, love his underground, underground stuff is dope, but then he throws all dope. these like uh these mainstream tracks, and it's like, dude, this I don't is even know. Like but I think that hurts him. I think it hurts him. Yeah, yeah. it does. Like Freddie Gibbs, I think, has a more consistent fan base because he's more consistent with his sound. Yeah, right. Davis, that black Illuminati is fire with him yeah. and yeah. David King. Yes. I like it. Yeah, yes. what about like it? What about you, DK? I'll send you the link as so. What about you, DK? Last two albums I listened to was Marco Polo actually released a beat tape two oh, days ago. Maybe you checked that? Yeah, it, it's really good. Um, and I also down well, I also listened to the Robert Glasper album that came out last year. It's oh, like, I love dinner party. I don't know. Yes, day, but or this week, but I know it came out. I think last year or the year before. I don't know. Okay, well, I love that album. I'm going to make this my last question because I, I got to get up at 3 a.m. So I need to get off. But I always ask every artist this, and, and producer too, it doesn't matter. You, I'll, I'll ask you first. So when when did you fall in love with hip hop? And what made you fall in love with hip hop? Um. That's a good question. I don't I don't particularly know when I fell in love with hip hop, but I know what made me at least feel like connected to it um was actually I was a kid. I was like maybe 9 years old, something like that. And uh I had a family friend who used to pick me up from school. And he always used to play like uh like a bunch of albums, like stuff that we wasn't supposed to hear. Me and my sister was supposed to hear, but he would play them anyway. And he played DMX, and then there was X. He had that album oh. back when he had the CDs. You know, you throw it in the car. So he had, and then there was X, and he had Marshall Mathers LP. And he had a couple of other joints, and like he was playing them, and like it just felt like the world around me just like changed. Like because those are mm -hmm. if you know those albums, those albums yeah. are really intense. Like they're yeah. very intense. And it pretty much took away everything it, around you. Everything just, around like my, my brain was just fixated on it as a little kid. And I was just like, yo, you know, some of it, you know, because a lot of it was like there's yeah. a lot of crazy stuff in both those albums. So it was like your brain is like, but it made me, you know, as I got older and I got into music, that was the feeling that like I always think back on those feelings. And like when I make music, I want if some kid is listening to it in the back of the family friends call, their parents call to have that same feeling where they're like, yo, who is this guy? Like, who are these people? Right. Like, like this story, this this feeling, you know? When I was in high school, the one of the first albums my mom ever bought me was uh, Get Rich or Die Trying from 50 Cent. Ooh, I was beating myself a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm a baby. So when I, when I listened to it, I was it was one of those albums too, because, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, I went to a rough high school, so it was a lot of, you know, stuff going on, gang violence and stuff around that time. So that that album again, it was that same thing where it put me in the zone, and it just you know I could feel what the artist was talking about. I could feel everything that was going on in it, 
And I think that's what made me love hip hop, you know? And then obviously being from Brooklyn, getting into Jay-Z, getting into Biggie, you know, getting into all those uh, big name New York artists, it just it just made me fall in love with it more and more. So I think that was, that was like the key that. thing. Because I was nine when my cousin played Rapper's Delight when it first came out. Oh, snap. And I knew, I knew I liked it because it was different. Yeah. But when I heard the message, my grandmaster, I fell in love right then because I was yeah. like, they're talking about my, where right, I grow right, up. Like, right, right. That made me fall in love with hip hop right, right there. Right. So, uh, GK, you, what, what do you, when did you fall in love and what made you fall in love with hip hop? I know you love it. Uh, your beats let me know that right off. <laughs> yeah, so, um, also, and then there was X. Crazy. <laughs> a friend who, like, you know, lived next door and he had an older brother who would have, you know, all these CDs, very similar stories. So, I definitely remember that one. I also remember, I think I like just started high school or something when Get Rich or Die Trying came out. And uh, like, I'm pretty sure that like album influenced like, any, every rapper or producer who's like ever heard it at the Yo, time. And it's nice. like, it's definitely not relatable in, you know, to me at all, especially during that time. But it just sounded good. I don't know. I just can't really put my finger on it. That's all. Wow. Yeah. But still, I mean, there's two of you from different parts of the world right. that X, there is, then there is X, and get Richard Guy crying. That's saying something right there. Yeah, you know crazy. what I mean? Yep. Uh, yep. I know I cried when X passed away. Uh, I'm not going to front. X I definitely felt that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I felt that one. That one hurt. Yeah. So, hurt me too. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm going to dip out. You guys have a good night. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. Same, same. And, uh, Take care of yourself. Appreciate you. You too. All right. Peace good out. Good night, Tata. Peace good out, night, Good night. Peace out, Tata. So, um, since, we're talk since we're talking about it, uh, a lot of hip-hop artists have passed. Um, mm. in over the last year, either from gun violence or um, drug addiction, um, health issues. It it's it, it's been a lot. Um, being an art, being an artist yourself, and kind of seeing um, the day to day. What? Why do you think? Why do you think that um, this is so prevalent, especially in hip hop now? Uh, well, I think, like I said earlier, with like the colorism and gender thing, it's like a like a like a microcosm of what's going on in society. I think mm -hmm. mental health is so, <laughs> is so like ignored and 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 there's not enough importance on mental health. And I think the pandemic showed that without a doubt because people were losing it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think people are even yeah. worse coming out of it. 
and you know yeah. especially hip-hop artists that were known you know i think it did something to people in general who like are famous because everyone was in the same boat right you know mm -hmm. and it took away that that thing that they had that was the difference you know they got the money but you got to be in the crib just like us so <laughs> you know it took away i think it took away that that glamour or that glitz about them because it was like you know you would see i would i would see like all these stars on like videos and they didn't have their like haircut or they didn't have their hair done like the ladies didn't have makeup it was just mm -hmm. like yeah, i look mad regular right now you know and I think <laughs> it, it, right it brought, it brought people down to earth it brought everybody down to earth yes. and it's way more even in that sense and i think that messed with some people's heads especially people who are you know seen in the limelight hip-hop stars everyone knows mm -hmm. them, blah 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 and now it's like you know it, it, it's not that big a deal you know what i'm saying so i think that mixed with mental health in general um mixed with this weird wannabe gangster stuff that goes on in hip-hop you know mm -hmm. that's like you know back in the day like hip-hop artists were actual thugs that turned into rappers like you think 50 you mm -hmm. think easy think you know suge knight who you think biggie all these guys were like actual thugs who came into like hip-hop now you have like these guys who create personas you know where you can easily create guys you know like yeah. i was watching a documentary about um what's the dude with the rainbow hair uh yeah, like you could literally make you can make these guys now like you can mm -hmm. make a like, the fact that a guy is running around with rainbow hair and could be like a blood in New York. Gotta know what's up with that. There ain't no rainbow hair dudes in New York running around talking about they, they oh, running stuff. Yeah. I'm like, that's not happening. Oh, but that's what yeah. you can tell, like the game has just changed. So I think all those things combined have really affected hip hop. And then, like you said, with the, the health stuff, especially within the black community, we're not taking care of ourselves, you know? So all these things are microcosms of stuff that's going on in society in general. And it's just mm -hmm. perpetuating itself in the hip hop world. But it's all stuff that we dealing with at home, our, our parents, our yes. family. You know, it's it's the same thing. It's just in the hip hop lens. That's what I think. You're seeing the real deal with everyone. All of a sudden, the celebrity, you know, cloak is taken away. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're all on Zoom. We're yeah. all on the computer. Yeah. We're all in our house. So what makes you different from the next? You know what I'm saying? And now you don't have, I think as an artist, the leverage that you guys have is that you don't have to sign up with a record deal or anything like that because now you actually can control how you handle your music. You can upload your own music. You can control yeah. your fans and your platform, you know? So I think there's, it, it, I think it really affected a lot of celebrities because now they they feel like they're losing a little bit of power. Yeah. I mean, now you see celebrities on TikTok mimicking music from regular artists. Yeah, yeah. Is that crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, really DK, your view, your view from Canada. What do you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, because I, it's a lot different. I, I agree. Um, I mean, I. I'm not definitely not an expert in this space, but there is one observation I made that, and I just want to use this platform to call out Trump 
So Mac Miller, in my opinion, died because of Donald Trump. This is just my theory. This is not proven or anything like this. But he called out a 16-year-old, basically, on Twitter, which is basically the biggest, which was at the biggest platform at the time, and, like, had these lawsuits on against him, you know, because he had a song called Donald Trump. And I'm, I'm convinced to this day that that's one of the reasons why he took his own life. Wow. Damn. Wow. You think about it, you're 16 years old and you have basically, you know, a very high profile person, um, you know, going after you when you're just trying to release Earth. And then that person essentially becomes rewarded by being the president of the United States. And then the other person's mental health just deteriorates, probably reverts to drug use and then dies. You know, it's just something not fair there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I see. Wow. I am. One of those people who Cunning. Uh, have to. <laughs> Chill, <no. laughs> I, I, I have to. I have to uh, agree that that presidency actually made um, show showed you who people really are. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yes, and yes. I think. Yes. Um, I'm so glad you said that. That's a that's a bar. That's a fact. I feel like that presidency, whether we like it or not, it made a difference. It, it showed did. you who people were, and it it inspired people to make serious changes. It opened up people's eyes. I would say when, that people thought I was crazy. I was like, "Yo, it needed to happen. We needed to it have needed someone. to happen. It needed to happen only because." People have been in this bubble of um, I don't see color bullshit. Hiding in plain sight. Uh, see me. Yep. S see me. That I, I am a black woman. See all of me. Don't yep. tell me you don't see color. Because yep. then you take away a big part of who I am. And why do I have to lose my identity in order for you to feel comfortable in my space? For sure. Yep. Right? For sure. Yep. So um, this presidency didn't show black people who these folks were, but it did open a lot of white people's eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That it made them see that we weren't Bullshitting yeah, we because they had <laughs> to be at home yeah. and the shit was on TV. Yeah. And they couldn't miss those it. videos anymore. Yeah. And they couldn't miss those news stories anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And they had to be engaged because they had no other option. Hey, SP, I was talking about that with my grandfather. I was like, isn't it amazing how all this stuff is happening while we're stuck in the house where no one can run away from it? Nope. Nobody can act like it doesn't exist. Because nope. every time you turn your TV on, every time you go on Instagram, every time at one point Black Lives Matter was on everything. Every time you put on your Instagram, it was just showing videos of all this stuff happening to people, you know, black men in their cars and the streets, and you couldn't run from it. Uh -uh. You know, it had to be it, it had to be seen. It had to be put out there. So it's it's crazy how like that all worked out. 
in that way. And he needed and to be And then people you were close to, friends, family. Yeah. People that oh. like you thought that, yo, this person got my back. And then all of a sudden you see them post and you're like, yo, did that person just post that? Wow, did that person just say that? Wow. Like you, you know see, what I'm for me, I have all I have always um been this person. You can't I can't be your friend if you idolize Donald Donald Trump. Straight up. Because even if you say you're not racist, you you ain't mad at it. You hold the wrong you. company. You got the wrong company. Yeah, it, it don't bother you. If you, you hang out with drug it. dealers, if you hang out with drug dealers, people are gonna assume that you sell drugs. Yeah, but, a, here, but 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 here's the thing though. Here's the thing though that I think people don't realize. Donald Trump isn't the one controlling everything. Yeah, for sure, for sure. He is the character He's a pawn, on yeah. stage who's playing these roles and doing these things. It's the people behind the scenes that are doing these things. That is never, the people behind the scenes are never going to reveal themselves. They're going to grab somebody and put them up front and say, hey, it's this guy. There but are people really behind the scenes. But not Donald, him. Donald Trump has been a scumbag since the 80s. Oh, that's a fact. Don't get it twisted. He's been been exactly who he is. Yes. And the presidency didn't make him change. It just brought out more of who he was. But Donald Trump was about his money. He doesn't care. No, no, he wasn't. Donald Trump was just scum. And nobody ever paid attention to the fact that he was just a shitty human being. From day one, and he always has been. But I, I agree this with God. They, they was using him, though. They was using. This him. is a man who's using him. Yeah. No, everybody's focused on the the, the 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 puppet, but we're not don't, really paying attention to what's don't give him an out because no, that's no, what that's people have been no. doing to him all his life, giving him an excuse to be a shit bag. He D- is exactly who he has always <laughs> been. And don't be, people got to be accountable for who they are. He has been who he is always. Always. He ran for president not because he wanted to be president. He ran for president because he's a petty bitch and he was mad at Barack Obama for, um, for for roasting his ass at at the White House press meeting. Yeah, that's why he ran. Don't get it twisted. It it is not as as deep as motherfuckers think it is. This bastard ran, wasn't expecting to win because he didn't realize himself that America is as racist as America is. I think we could just agree that he sucks. Let's just agree. Yeah, that. exactly. He sucks. Yeah, he, he does suck. Amer- people don't realize and, and rest exactly in peace to Mac Miller. America yeah, is. it was more about but Mac they do now. Yeah, you no, messed up, he, DK. You messed yeah. up, DK. No, but there was some deep. Wound. That was real. Yeah, but that was deep what DK said because I didn't put the two. Like I really, yeah. I salute that DK. 
you really you you, you brought the fire in here, but that was heavy. That was something that I never even man. We try to hit people with heavy questions, and you just spun us out. So so well, spun me out. I can't speak for everybody yeah. else. Thank I, you for I that. I love that. Basically, just like toxic, That's so toxic heavy. social. Yes, media, all that type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, DK came in here and dropped a boom on it. Like Sonic boom. I told you. Shit. Like you, a you dolphin. Know, you he don't just expect hit it. Like you don't yeah. It. He's hard dugan. Boom. So, I, I'm going to throw one back at throw throw a, a bomb back at you. Uh-oh. So we we've all been on Twitter. And the infamous black Twitter, and their um, constant white people are a guest in hip hop. Where, where does that take you, DK? Oh, whoa, SP! I love. Oh, he went Yo, you saw what he did though. So literally, he gave you the black screen, like black he screen. Right. He said, "Whole lap, boom." Yo, that's a good DK, question. you ain't playing, DK. DK's yeah, a tennis true. player, man. He can't even yeah, like in the curve. What? One second. Is he? I, I told him what to do. I told. See, he followed. I told him uh-huh. to do Maria. Like I can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying. Okay. You, you got to ask him again. Sorry. I, I, yeah, I just I just had to put back my headphones. Go. Can you just repeat the question? Ready, bro. Uh, <laughs> they always talk about uh, the guests in hip hop. Um, how does that affect? How, how do you feel about that being uh, being labeled as a guest in hip hop? Hmm. Um, you know, well, I, I'm okay with it. I just try my best to just appreciate learn about history and appreciate um, everything about the culture and at least inform myself before, you know, participating. Justo, what do you think about that guest label in hip hop? Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, I think, um, I think as long as the respect factor is there, you know, um, because you know the vultures. I mean, we all know the vultures, you know what I'm saying? But but if you see that there's any artist who's just you know being themselves, just caring about the culture, you know, I don't think there should be a problem with that. I don't think that I don't think they should be called a guest if they're contributing in a positive way, you know what I'm saying? Um, now I do understand at the same time, um uh that this is something that we build, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, um, you know, I, I think I think we just have to be careful. We have to be careful the way we approach that because, you know, if the shoe is on the other foot, obviously, like how it is, like we literally go through that, you know, as a black community in society. So the last thing we want to do is do that back because two wrongs don't make a right. You know what I'm saying? So we just have to be careful we have to be careful about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that is wrong, but at the same time, I just feel like we have to be careful because there's some artists that really want to be a part of hip hop and they actually give, uh, they're actually um, 
contributing, you know, in a positive way. So I think I think it's just something that's that's it, you just have to be careful. And in a genuine way, I love I love what you're saying. I, I oh, think um, what happened what happened was uh, Eminem happened. Yeah, and there's no denying uh, his talent. Right. There's no denying um, his artistry. And why I think this or his authenticity. I think this or his authenticity. But I think this question started coming up because people started to forget about the legends and the founders and the other artists and just named him the king of hip hop. Right. And I think that's what started making people nervous because okay. they looked at the other genres that we have initiated and started. Okay. And how quickly they were taken away from us. Okay. All right. And, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know that was the other part of it. That that. And, that that's why. So yeah. it came from that situation. That's why you're asking us specifically from that situation. Well, just the, in the general, Eminem? because I I think knowing why people are saying it, right, 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 kind of um makes a difference and. People, uh, because I think people are thinking that uh, Lord Jamar is just some I hate white people person, <laughs> right? And he's not, uh -huh. but what he was saying is what is going to end up happening is a hundred years from now, when somebody looks back at hip hop, they're not going to see us. Because Eminem is going to be the best rapper in the world. Oh and nobody, because that is what they have claimed. But I but who but my thing is like who is they? Because I feel like there's so many people that still give respect to all of our kings, you know what I'm saying? So when you start, I think for me personally, I feel like instead of harping on whoever random is saying Eminem is mm -hmm. old or whatever. We need to just big up and say, no, these these are our goats. You know, this is who we feel is the goat. It's, because it's all subjective at the end of the day. You know, it's all going to be painted on whoever people, what music people gravitate gravitate to more. But if you add, if you take nine out of ten kids from my hood, then no one's going to say Eminem. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's going to say Eminem. From almost any hood you go to, if you take the young, especially young kids, like nowadays, nobody's going to say Eminem. So that's why it's kind of weird if you say, "Oh, people, they call who's well, that?" You know what I'm this saying? This is the this is this is the thing. The hood is six blocks wide. In either direction, the world is way bigger than that. For sure. And in the history of the world, your hood don't make a difference. No, that's a fact. In the history books, our hoods don't make a difference because if it made a difference, then people would know who Rosetta Tharp is, right? Right. That's what he's talking about. And, and because I, when the books are written, 
we aren't a part of those books. But that's why I feel like it's our responsibility to make sure that we are the ones writing the book. You feel what I'm exactly. saying? And I feel that's like that's what I wanted to Yeah, yeah. No, 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 for sure. I think, <laughs> but that's the thing. We keep giving it, we give it to them. Exactly. That's what, that was my book, what I was trying to say. Like, who's they? We're if exactly. we already claim that like Eminem's the GOAT, then we're giving you know what we feel is ours away. So instead of doing that, we write the book. No, this uh -huh. is who we, and, and and that starts with our OGs in the in the hip hop game. I feel like a lot of them you know, start to, they get, you know, big headed, they start getting, uh -huh. you know, put in a certain position and then they forget about where they came from. And we, uh -huh. have, we have to, as a culture, continue to big up our artists that we love, you know, that's so right. that we're the ones writing the book instead of it being given to the corporations because that's who's doing it. That's the day. The day exactly. is the corporations. It's the labels, the labels exactly. thing, and they say who's the best and who's this, who's that. Man, I don't even care about the billboards. I don't care about the charts. I don't care about Grammys. I used to care about that stuff when I first started. Not, when I see the kind of people that win, that it doesn't even affect me anymore. I'm like, bro, I don't... This is number one on the billboards for real? Cool. Like, I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing because clearly y'all got a whole nother agenda. So, you know, I think we have to just not worry about they and just focus on what we feel, write our own story, basically. That's what I was trying to get at with you. Because I listened to DK's beats and I listened to the way DK talks about hip hop. And I am one of those people who don't believe that. I don't believe that um, white people are guests in hip hop. But I am of a different breed. So. <laughs> I, I understand the necessity and, and the respect, but I see both sides. Thanks, yeah. So that is what the point I was trying to get both of you to kind of make. Hey, we write our own history and we need to take control of that yeah. and stop throwing it away to other people for them to control the narrative. Absolutely. Because it should not be 2021 and people are just now finding out that Betty Boop was a black woman. That's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So but I think that I think that comes from lack of education, lack of information. It wasn't until the internet started to put out more information. Then we started to realize certain things because I can honestly say it wasn't until I started to, you know, read and, and watch videos and learn from other people that, wait a minute, I've been a little sheltered. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There are some things that I didn't realize that were really going on. That's why I love social media in the aspect mm -hmm. of you can learn from it. Some people feel like social media is, oh, my God, you know, it's a waste of time, blah, blah, blah. But you're not following the right people. Right. If you go out and you follow the right people on social media, people that are genuinely willing to educate you on their perspective and their experience and what they've seen on their end, then you realize, wow, this is the reason why, you know, certain things, you know, wasn't as apparent to me. I, I'm 43 years old and I feel like I'm still learning things. 
everything that I thought I knew up until right now is distorted. So now I'm trying to like figure out more information figure out like what is really going on and, yeah, yeah. and what are people's real experiences are. And I, that's one of the reasons why I feel like how we talked about earlier that, you know, Trump's presidency really exploded a lot of information that we didn't realize was out there. I feel like it opened our eyes to a lot of things. It really made us realize, you know what? I don't like this. I want to do something about this. Or I don't like that. Or wait a minute, I didn't know this was going on. I had a guy one time tell me when I was in line at a, somewhere, he we were just having a conversation. The guy goes, do you really think it's true what's happening with police? And I, I don't think it's really true. And I'm like, dude, are you crazy? I grew up in Queens. <laughs> it's just true. You're just you're just now finding out about it because there's phones and there's videos. We didn't have we didn't have smartphones in the 80s and the 90s. But all of the problems that we see that are happening right now, they've been going on. It's just now exposed. And so, like you said, um, just so because of the pandemic, now we're for forced to face it. Yeah. We can't so, um, unlearn and unsee what I, we're I know. Yeah, you know? I, I'm sorry, guys, but I know DK has to has to uh go in a few minutes. So I just want to squeeze these in before he has to go. Um Do you think that uh, do you think that um, white artists have a responsibility to speak on the issues that happen in our community? Are you muted, bro? bro. You're you're muted. Oh, sorry. I was muted. Yeah, I think it's a pretty clear yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's, you know, um, it, I mean, regardless of skin color, I guess people should, I mean, we're all humans, you know, everybody should stick up for one another. We see something that's not fair, you know, mm -hmm. step in, make it right. And um, treat, treat people like you wanted to be treated, right? That's the golden rule, mm -hmm. right? And when you, being a, Oh, white artists in a predominantly minority space. Um, how has that affected you? Um, your art is it harder? Is it easier? Because uh, we always hear about um, how we are when we go into a predominantly white space. How is it for you coming into a predominantly black space? Hmm. never really thought about that too much um for me like my goal was always just to make the best art possible and put it out there and just hope it was accepted and people liked it and you know that was kind of all my goal and I'm like one of those people who I don't, we don't really care what other people think because it's just art after all you know each person's gonna have right, their own right. opinion so right. yeah I, I think you're amazing Thank you. I really do. 
And I always like to ask these questions because I think it's good for us to hear each other and to see each other. Yeah, I right. That. And it's not often that people get a chance to speak to somebody as intelligent as you and who has such a broad and dynamic life experience that has touched on both communities and you could speak in both areas fluently. And so I really thank you for actually being brave enough to just answer those questions because a lot of people wouldn't and I appreciate you for doing that. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me guys. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you so much Thank you. Appreciate you man. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for giving me the platform. Bye. Oh he should be talking about his next project. I, I will ask him and put it in the description. Cool, cool. Yes. And I know Justo just got off work, so he's probably sick of us too. <laughs> Yo, if y'all got a few more, I can chat with y'all for a little more longer. Thank you, Justo. No, honestly, man, like you're real people right there. I could tell. Thank you. Yeah, I, 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 I love. I love that um, we're able to have a diverse show and be able to actually let people see other sides. Yeah. And, you know, we have our experience, but it's good to let um, other people share their experience so that we're not studying, yelling at each other across the void and not right, understanding right. or hearing each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys for sure. When um okay, I'm gonna ask. Do you think light skinned rappers get more opportunities than dark skinned rappers? <laughs> oh man. Um That's colorism. Yeah, I don't I don't That's colorism. I don't I don't think so personally. I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah, Drake is the guy. He's the face right now, right? So, but um yeah, I don't know how much that plays into it. I really don't to be honest. Yeah, Lil Wayne was the face for a long time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, so I don't I don't really know. I don't know how much that plays into, you know, who they decide or they again decide is the, you know, um the top person or whatever but for me like that stuff is like dk said it's a, it's irrelevant like it's like it's your art bro like at yes. the end of the day and honestly with hip-hop it i think it's more so who's willing to sell their ass like yeah. to move up that's know, right it's less about what you look like and more about what you're willing to do that's you right know what i'm saying um so i think that's that's more concerning to me than than, than the colors of thing now i think on the flip side it definitely might work that way when it comes to like um the, the girls they choose to put in their videos, you know, the fellas choose to put in their videos, sometimes it, it, it can work in that way. Bless mm -hmm. you. Um, but you know, but as far as like who who are the faces of hip hop and stuff, I don't I don't know if that if that works out as, as much as like just who's willing to do the most, sell they sold the most, to be honest. And I think it has a lot to it, it, I think that is a that question is a lot harder um for women 
Then yes, yes, yes. That's what I was saying. What with the videos and with the you know who they decide to put in the videos. And yeah. Who, who's the face? Um. Um. For the hip hop, for hip hop women as well, like um our our, our sees. So definitely, I think that definitely face. But again, that's just like our our what we go through in our regular day life. The right? macro world. The Ex macro. Exactly. Yeah. So all this stuff just is just a microcosm in the hip hop world. So um, just for shits and giggles, who's your top five producers? Well, I got to put Primo in there because that's the big dog. Um, so definitely Premier. I, I mentioned too, Timberland and Just Blaze are definitely. Um, yeah, I would go on. A, I would go on a limb and say they're definitely my a part of my top five. Um, oh man, that's a good question. That's a good question because I, you know, I love the old school, but to be perfectly honest. You know, I was born in 89, so my, you know, I'm not like, you know, um, my view is just a little bit different as far as. There like, are no wrong answers. Yeah, these are your top your five. Your top five. Yeah, your top five. And if don't nobody Correct. like your top five, they can kick rocks. These are your top five. <laughs> oh, Ninth Wonder. I'm bugging. Ninth Wonder is that guy. Ninth Wonder. Uh, and I'm trying to think who's the fifth. So Timberland, Ninth Wonder. Premier, Just Blaze. I'm trying to think of a fifth. Man, I gotta give it up to the GOAT Kanye. I, I can't lie. I know he's bugging out, but Kanye has made some of the greatest boom. Some of the greatest beats in hip hop, bro. You gotta give it to him. Like you just you gotta yeah. give it to him. You gotta he's, give it to him. He's one of he's one of the greatest. I'm not crazy about the stuff he's been doing lately, but out of his catalog, he's one of the greatest to do it. So I would say I would say those five if I had to. Pick five just off the top of my head. I would say those five. Yeah, you, you can't take away what he's done, even though. Uh, yeah, he's losing it. <laughs> that it, it. He's just he's just a little uh, touched. <laughs> but it ain't like it he's um, he on the fourteen yo. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. he just, <laughs> he's, you know. Bad. It's I ain't gonna cancel. Yeah, I ain't gonna cancel him. That's yeah, fact. it's a spectrum on this. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, he ain't he, he ain't really hurt nobody but himself. Right, right, right. So right. just those saying, I don't care what he's saying, but I like what he's playing. He likes yeah, his I music, mean, but he don't care what he's cat saying. Catalog wise, yeah, catalog wise. Of course, Not yeah. lately, like lately, he's been bugging, but catalog <laughs> wise, catalog wise, he's he's you know he's one of the top. He's one of the yeah. Girls. I think he, he lost me. Tone. Oh, stop it. Stop that was wild. That was wild. So, yo, everybody that follows Powerful Impact, man, please DM Timbaland. Was it Primo? Yeah, you got to DM Primo. Oh, I'm sorry. Primo, my boy. That's, 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 the, that's the big homie. I have a I random... It. Sorry, go, 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 Justin. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you. No, no, no. That's it. That's it. That's it. I wanted All to right, ask a random question. Can I, wait, hold up. SP, can I ask one random question? What? Because we did invest, because we did investigate. Sorry, we did interview Little Dap the other day. Did you have any type of relationship or goings on with Little Dap from Group Home, or when you come into the picture, he's not a, no longer part of the Gangstar Foundation? Yeah, just nah, a I, yeah, no, no, no. I came, I came much later. Like my my affiliation came like 
what was it, 2000, I want to say like 11 or something like that? Yeah, so Guru already passed away by yeah, Guru was and like, everything, already passed. And everything my already kind of fell up. Fell up yeah, so quick, quick, just a quick thing. So my affiliation came because my manager, who's also my cousin, DJ Vic Black, he had came through and found out about, like I was rapping and stuff, and he brought me under the Gangstar Foundation umbrella because he came up okay. with Gangstar or whatever. And so that's how my affiliation started. It was really through my manager at the time. He's no longer yeah. my manager, but that time back. So my affiliation came way, yeah, way later. So I'm going to hit you with one, one more top five. Okay. MC. MCs, yeah. Well, I gotta say Jay, I gotta say Nas, I gotta say Big. Those are three of my favorite off the bat. DMX for um damn that fifth one's tough, 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 tough. Favorite to listen to. I wanna be fair because those those four without a doubt are my favorite, without a doubt. Without um, a doubt. Damn. I would throw Kiss in there. I would throw Jada Kiss in there. Yes, because I love his voice. I love I love what he's about right now too. How he's bringing it back. He's just one of those voices. Him and Fabulous back in the day were like two guys yeah. you, you listened to and you knew their verse was gonna be crazy. Like it didn't matter what song it was. You just knew if they was on a feature and their verse came on, it's about to be crazy. It's about. What to is your crazy. favorite verse? All time favorite verse. Oh, shit, <laughs> that's tough. From That's anyone, right. old school, new school, whatever, just that one verse. Uh, biggie's out kicking the door, rain on the top, it's short like Leprechaun. When I be so cold, and rapid dawns, kicking that ass real fast like Ramadan. It's the black phenomenon, dun dada, okay. papa. Yeah, that one, kicking the door, kicking the door, that one always gets me going. That, that one's waving the four four. Yo, fire. And that My beat is a primo, that's a primo beat too. My joint is Who Shot You probably by him is one of my favorite. Yo, the Who Shot You. Who Shot You by Biggie is probably one of my yeah, favorite yeah. verses. Well, well, what's the verse? Give me a verse. <laughs> Who Shot You separate the weak from the obsolete. Hard to creep them Brooklyn streets. It's on Stop All That Bickering Beef. I can hear yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know. Sasquatch feet. He's ridiculous. Okay. That's one of the toughest beats. I don't know who made that beat, but that's yeah, that's tough. I don't know either. It's good. All right, I like that. All right, right, give me yours, guys. Give me yours. Well, let me tell you something. I, I have to admit, I had a chance to hang out with Biggie. Whoa! Two confessions. <laughs> Here we go now. So we uh, the demon hour now. Let me tell you something. I was like 19 and I had a friend of mine. She was like, Oh yeah, I'm friends with Biggie. And I didn't believe her. I was like, Yeah, okay, whatever. You know? And she's like, Yeah, we're going to you know Virginia Key Beach, you know, come with me. And I'm like, All right, let me see. I'm gonna see how far this lie can go, you know. And then sure enough, you know, we drive to the airport and we're sitting there in the terminal and he pulls up. And I'm like, now you know how like some you know people when when they see stars they're like freaking out. I was so starstruck. I was silent. I was just like, that's crazy. And um, we ended up hanging out and on the van, and then we went to the concert, and then we act. It was 1990. 
95 or 96. And I think he passed away in 97, right? Dang. 96. So when he performed that Virginia Key Beach, I actually was dancing in the background on stage. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. This wasn't a plan. I wasn't a dancer. I was just starstruck. <laughs> I was quiet. But um, the thing that stuck out with me is that he had a lazy eye. Yeah, so Biggie had an eye that literally like <laughs> That's a one fire. eye was straight and one eye was like <laughs> oh. and um it was it, it was a crazy moment, but like everything about I mean, warning is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's a cool warning one. is my favorite. You know what I'm saying? So that's the one that and suicide. You know what I'm saying? That I mean, those are like those moments when you know, like his lyrics are just like you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say two, warning. I have two warning questions, guys. The one that I like the most. What is he like, number one, just hanging out with him? And then number two, what was the performance like? Because I've never, you know, I never got to see him live. What was that like, man? That's got to be amazing. So he's a, he's a storyteller. Like, to be honest with you, behind the scenes, he just likes to sit in a chair and have everybody around him and tell stories all day long. He likes to tell stories about his experience. And that's like, that was his vibe. He just loved to tell stories about what he did when he was traveling because you know he you know he came from Brooklyn and now he's like going all these different places. And the story that I remember that he told was about Faith Evans. Uh -oh. So he did a uh, he did a concert. He was sitting there and I'm talking about like everyone's like it just imagine like you have a guy in a chair, Biggie's in a chair and everyone is surrounded by him sitting down standing up just listening to him. He's talking. And he goes um he tells a story about how, you know, he was with Faith Evans or whatever, but he's traveling. So, of course, he does a concert. He hooks up with some groupies or whatever, brings one of the chicks back to the hotel. But Evans, you know, as women, we have like these, like, yeah. we know something's up, right? Yeah, so she takes a flight, doesn't say anything, takes a flight to wherever he's performing, goes to the hotel, and he's and she's banging on the door and she's like, oh, room service, room service. This is Biggie who told the story. I'm not making it up. He told the story. He's like, I'm chilling at the hotel. I hear somebody knock on the door, room service. He opens up the door. Faith Evan comes in and beats the chick that he's with in the hotel. Fucks her up. So the chick looks at Biggie like, help, like, yo, what are you gonna do? And he was just like, yo, I told you I was married. <laughs> that was it. And then wow. hopped on the next flight in and out. That's and then she was out. <laughs> Yo, Faith, let me tell you something. She didn't play. It was crazy. But um allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. I don't know. I mean, I was very shy back then. And again, I was just kind of like rolling with this chick that was like, I know these people. I didn't believe her, but then I'm like, okay. That's crazy. <laughs> Primo's like that too. Primo. Say the he'll tell you stories all day. He just yeah, a lot of these rappers they just like to tell talk they about do. experiences. Facts. You, know? you think that they're they're about to do something crazy? No, they just they're regular people who just yeah. like to talk. Yeah, yeah, it's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. Twenty-four for an upcoming. All right, wait, one more question for you, Justo, before we go. All right. 
So for an upcoming artist, what would you tell the blueprint is for, let me see. What's the blueprint for you and DK? How do you guys put everything together? Um, like just as far as moving forward, like what I, what I, just our mm -hmm. music in general. Yeah, um, in general, I, how do you guys plan everything out? How do you guys make it work as a team? Well, how do you maneuver through being long distance and stuff? Right, and, and being and being an artist, getting to where you are right now. Okay, um, I think as far as like with me and DK. Uh, concern is just, you know, um, like you said earlier, just staying authentic, communicating. I think communicating is big. Like, as long as we're communicating with each other, you know, because he might send me something and I'm like, bro, like, that's dope, but I can't rap on that. I don't want to rap on that. Like, it's just this one's not working, you know, because I'll be in a, I'll, as artists, you got to feel each other out. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he might think in his head, oh, this fits just so perfect. And then I get it and I'm like, nah. And he'd be like, you know, it might throw him off. Like, oh, but I thought, and it's like, nah, dude. It's like, I'm not in that mode right now. Like, that actually happened recently. We're mm -hmm. like working working on, like, a, a, a new joint. Um, and he had sent me something. And I was like, I'm looking for something a little darker. Because it was kind of, like, upbeat. It's kind of happy. And I wasn't in a happy mood. So I was like, dude, I need, like, you know what I'm saying? So communication, I think communication is, like, key for any relationship. And so definitely mm -hmm. when, when especially when we're not in the same town, we're not in the same vicinity, like, you know, those those messages have to be clear. You know what I'm saying? When I'm emailing him, like, yo, it has to be clear, it has to be concise so he can see where I'm coming from. But, um, you know, I think just uh, staying authentic too at the end of the day, like we don't want to shift too far from what's gotten us where we are. You know what I'm saying? I feel mm -hmm. like that's the reason why we're here right now. Y'all like what y'all hear. So right. we don't want to we don't want to go too far away from it, you know, because some artists will get experimental, which is cool. But I feel like until you find your lane where, you know, you're able to um, just be one of those big powerhouse names, you should try to stick with wherever the love is coming from. You know, and right now what we're doing, we're getting the right kind of love and we're getting the right kind of community. So um, just trying to stick with that and move forward like that. I think that's, a you know, the best way for us. Um, individually and obviously together. So, so um, last question. Thank you. Um, who are the three people, either personally or professionally, that had a powerful impact in your life? Like that one SP, damn. Off the bat, my grandmother, um, who I lost years ago. I was like 10 years old when she passed away, but I learned so much from this woman. Like still to this day, I, you know, I remember a lot of things my Nana told me. So she's always someone in the back of my mind, you know, that I know is an angel watching over me and, and, um, and just taught me a lot as, as a youth, you know, even before she left. So she, her, um, Definitely Primo. Primo has become like a, a uh, almost like a him and, and obviously Vic Black, who was my manager. They were like father figures for me in the hip hop. You know, they taught me a lot as far. Like I told you, Primo was the one who helped me put um, the MC on my name because the OGs knew about Justo. And he was looking out for me on the OG strength because like, you know, the kids don't know about Justo, but 
the OGs was asking him, like, yo, you, you got just those names, you know what I'm saying? Like, so having someone like him really helped me in this in the hip hop world, especially in like the I want I don't want to call it underground, but the the original hip hop world, you know what I'm saying? Because when you're dealing with Primo, you're dealing with the original hip hop world, you're not dealing with no fluff hip hop. You know what I'm saying? You're dealing with the real deal. So I was around MOP. I was around, um, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, MOP, DITC. Um, I was around all the heavy hitters, all the old, you know, all the original hip hop heads. Um, so being around him, he definitely helped um, um, push me in the right direction, him and Vic Black. So they're two guys who definitely are a huge inspiration. And then I would say, honestly, I would. It might sound corny, but my kids, like my two daughters, mm-hmm. uh, have turned me. They've helped me develop into uh, just a better person, a better man. Uh, you know, um, learning this father fatherhood stuff because it ain't easy being a parent. No. Um, so just just learning and and me protecting them helped me protect myself better. You know what I'm saying? Because it helped me to be more assertive about certain things. Like, I don't let just people just talk to me any kind of way. Or I'm not saying I did that before that, but it, it it makes you even more aware of how you're being mm-hmm. treated because you want to think, I, I don't want, I wouldn't want anyone talking to me like that if my daughters was in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it just puts it even more of a, of, I wouldn't say a guard, but just a presence to understand, like. Set an example. Set an example. My- you know what I'm saying? So by them being my my kids, they actually make me better. So they inspired me to be better. So I would say my kids, my grandmother, and then DJ uh, Vic Black and DJ Premier, definitely. It is something about girls. Amazing. I, I, have, I have a daughter, and I was one of those uh, way out there people. And my daughter... When I had her, she made me want to be a better me. Right, right, yes. right. And so I know exactly what you mean. It's something, it's something about girls. Yeah. They require you to be better. Facts. Yeah. And they will tell you, they will tell you how they really feel. Oh, they'll tell you straight up. Like I, I just have no filter. Put me in my place, and I'll be Actually, like, I don't know whether I have a thirteen-year-old and a fifteen-year-old, or a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Oh, yeah. They talk to me like I'm like, bruh, like you guys are so young. Why y'all already talking like that? Yes, but, yeah. But it's it's real. It keeps, me, it keeps me on my toes. And they know us. They know us better than anybody else. I mean, like, know us. And that love that you have for them is different than any love you've ever had you in, in your life. It's, a, it's yes. a different kind of love. Yes. I remember when my daughter was, uh, when my daughter was three, she, my grandmother um, kept her because she had cancer. Okay. And she wanted to know her, really know her before she passed away. And so um, the first few years she stayed, you know, predominantly with my grandmother. Okay. And my grandmother was really smart. She only had a fifth grade education, but she was so smart. Right, right. Um, She was one of those people who sat and watched Jeopardy and just rattled off the answers. (laughs) And you're like, 
I only know the pop questions. I only right, know the pop right, questions. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she was three. And she said, uh, are you asleep? And I said, no, nah, I ain't asleep. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just laying here for no reason. And she said, your sarcasm is lost on me. <laughs> what? Yeah, she's like, your sarcasm is lost on me. That's why she, how does she know to use it in the right context? That's exactly. Because that was my, that was my grandmother's phrase. I don't get your sarcasm. Your sarcasm is lost on me. That's oh your sarcasm is lost on but me. The fact that she knew you was being sarcastic, though. Yes. That's crazy. They know, that's so but they know. They yeah, know what they, they know. We think well, that they know. they're young and innocent, but they know what's up. Nah, they my know. youngest will put me out no matter what. She's like, my oldest, she's all gold, all heart and loving. But my youngest, if she's <laughs> around, I'm telling a story, she's like, Mom, that's bullshit. I'll be like, you still have my back. No, mom, that's not how the story went. Yeah, straight up, get at it. That's like, that's, you know, but you know what? I think that as parents, we need to allow our children to express themselves, whether it hurts our feelings or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially your girls. Yes, because it validates what they feel or think. Right. I mean, like me personally growing up in a household where whatever I thought or felt didn't yeah. matter. No, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Don't. Well, my daughter was the only child, so it was important to me that she had her own voice. Yeah. And and I taught her very early on that um, you don't have to hug your grandpa if you don't want to, and you don't have to hug your grandmother if you don't want to. This is your body. And you have the right to do the same thing. My wife, you do the same thing. She tell my daughter the same thing. Yep. And we grew up where it was like, go hug your uncle, go hug your auntie, say hello, blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? I would get a complete kick out of going to family functions, and she'd be like, "You can't touch my body. (laughs) I have autonomy." Yo. Damn. <laughs> they just be looking at me. Yo. Like, yo, who is this? She's a real one. She's a real one. I have autonomy. That's you know? that's wild. I would fall off my chair if a kid said that. that to me. I'd be like, oh my God. But I'm glad that we're normalizing letting our children express themselves, man. Yo, yo that's especially so especially in our in our community. Especially in our yes. we worked on that phrase. That's a good phrase to have when they when they go to family functions. Do not touch me. I have the right to autonomy. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. But it's right. But I agree with Goddess. I mean, I feel like every generation is learning, especially within our community, is trying to learn to parent our kids a little bit differently because you know where we come from. And how we mm-hmm. had to parent from our ancestors. So I feel like every every generation is coming off of that mentality 
and trying mm-hmm. to teach our kids in a different way and trying to give them more freedom. You know, not in a way where they just doing whatever they want, but more freedom to be seen, be heard, like you guys said. You know what I'm saying? I think that's really important because how are we going to expect them to be leaders if we're if they're afraid in their own crib? You know what I'm saying? Like if they're not talking up and speaking yes. up in their own crib. And having a girl, I never I never spanked her because I think I always thought that that would teach her that love is supposed to hurt. Yes, okay. And mm-hmm. so I didn't spank because mm-hmm. but she had she had made me so mad at one point she was sleeping on a pallet on the floor because I took all the furniture out of the room. Because the law says you have to you have to provide a roof and some clothes. That's all they said, and some food. That's all they said. I had that's to give different. Them. I like that though. That's different. everything else is extra. Yeah, I'm about to take that from you. SP. My kids, while I'm about to just start taking stuff out of Yeah, that. just start taking stuff out of yeah, there. By the time yeah. I finish with her, she like had that. a blanket on the floor. I like I'm that. I'm a mandated reporter. Um, I, like I like that. Nah, chill, Nev. I like that. And is that not the law, Nev? I like That's that. Right. These kids is be that wilding. And when, well, you got to get creative, though. When you don't hit your kids, I agree with us because I don't hit my kids neither. You got to get creative. You got to start yeah, thinking of other, other stuff because you can't just bop them upside. So you got to gotta catch them. Yeah. They're going to try you. Yeah, They're not getting hit. They're going to try you. They're going to try you. She didn't have a door. I love it. She didn't have a door at 14. I took the whole door off the hinges. I love it. Powerful impact supports. Um, yeah. Privacy. privacy means that um, you are a responsible person. And you can't be responsible, so you deserve no privacy. So Say I that. took the door off the hand. Say that. All right, we're gonna we're gonna have to get to some more of these questions, and then we'll be wrapping up. So so got last, last question. I promise this is the last question. How about that? Yes, ma'am. What do you want your legacy to be? I think I said this before one time in an interview, but I I think. You know, there's no better feeling than like uh like how we're talking about, you know, DMX, so we're talking about Jay-Z, or we're talking about, you know, certain artists, and you know, your eyes light up or your ears perk up, like we was just talking about Biggie. You know, you think about that artist and it's just like something in you, you remember that moment, you know, that you first heard their music or you went to their first concert or you know, um you bought their first, you know, vinyl or CD or whatever. And I, that's what I want. I just want to be an artist where at the end of the day, people say just or the MC, their eyes light up, you know, their mm-hmm. ears perk up. And they're like, yo, he, you know, he's one of my favorite, you know, artists. You know, I think to me that's more important than really anything else. Cause all that other stuff, it comes and goes, you know what I'm saying? Um, people gonna say you dope and then they're gonna say you're not. People gonna like the music you make and then they won't like it. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of stuff getting caught up in uh, who's the best artist and da 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 da. I just want it to be where I have actual fans who get hype when they hear about my name when I'm gone. You know, I can hear a Biggie track right now and just be like, oh, and he's been gone for years. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. A long time. So I think that legacy of someone playing my song years from now and I still got fans, I still got people passing my songs on to the gen to the next generation. That that's a legacy to me that, that my voice is, is never unheard. You know, that people are still listening to me when I'm well and gone. 
I think that's more important than any riches because I can't take that with me anyway. So, you know, I think that's the most important thing. And I'm going to be completely honest. Eminem is one of my favorite artists <laughs> and always has been. <laughs> and my favorite verse is you looking at a tiller, the psychopathic killer, the caterpillar. Mm. Don't tell me when I'm supposed to rap a tiller, especially oh. when your favorite rapper ain't even half his illa. <laughs> Attacking a silverback gorilla. You having a little trouble fathoming this is actually happening. Like Anderson Silverback when he snapped the shin in half and he had the shit hanging by a flapper skin after he tried to put the shit okay. back on the mat again. Okay. <laughs> he was nasty. He was nasty. He was nasty. One of the nastiest MCs. I love it. I love it. Definitely one of the nastiest MCs. I love how you just broke that down because he was filthy. He was absolutely filthy. So Disgusting. You got to love it. You got to love yeah, it. Like I said, as long it. as they bring in something to the community, they ain't no guests. Let them rock, man. Let them rock. Yeah, and people are always surprised. And I grew up in the hood, and people yes, are always yes. surprised when I say that. But Eminem has always been Nasty. special to me. Absolutely. And um, he has always, because I got it. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you just get it. Mm -hmm. And I got exactly who he was. Right. Even through the goofy songs that people always talk about, like right, I'm right. Slim Shady. Right, right, right. The reason people thought those songs were goofy is because they only listened to the punchline. They didn't listen to the substance of those right. songs. Right, right, right. So he, he, even when he was doing those weird videos. Yeah, yeah. But when he, what he was talking about was censorship. Right. He would talk. He was talking about um, I can't curse, but this dude can hump a dead moose on TV, yeah, and ain't somebody, nobody yeah, gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mama's on your lips. My mama's on your lips. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're lucky, I just might give it a little kiss. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, really yeah, yeah. Because yeah, who's that guy's name? Tom something. I'm Tom Green. Yeah, yeah, that dude was wild. Yeah, Tom Green yeah, can fuck yeah. the dead moose, but I can't curse. Yeah. What the hell is going on in this world? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's a fact. It's a fact. It's just it was, but it was his reality. I love that yeah. he never tried to act like he was some hood. Like he gave us his reality and it put a whole new spin on hip hop. And to be honest, I think it opened doors for some black artists to not do the same old hood hip hop, you know, the, it you start seeing more black artists being a little more weird and eccentric and, and not doing the stereotypical hip hop stuff. Yes. So he opened yes. the, he, he kind of mm -hmm. opened the door for even black artists to be a little, a little different. Diverse. Mm -hmm. One thing, you know, one thing mm -hmm. I can say, I am from the hood, but I am not of the hood. Amen. Yeah. Same, same, same. And, and it's a difference. Yep. When I go back to the hood, I, I to give back to my community, I give back grateful that I'm not in the place that I was. Right. I don't give back 
with nostalgia of laying on the floor avoiding gunshot coming through the windows. Facts, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I, I don't listen, I, I don't look at it like that. I look at it as either we're going to build the community and make it better because nobody should want to live like that. Absolutely. No. It's not normal. Absolutely. No. And no. we shouldn't normalize it. And I think a lot of times it gets normalized. Right. And it has to That's start. not normal. Straight up. I agree with that. No, absolutely. 100%. I agree. I agree. I think growing up to me, it felt normalized <laughs> until I got out of that situation. So you I left like, it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you know, know when you have a situation. Yeah, you know, I'm tough. I'm like, you're not tough. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't. I didn't even know what a saucer was. You, you had a cup, but <laughs> oh, thanks. What the fuck yeah. is that plate doing underneath the cup? <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that that plate held the syrup when we was eating breakfast. <laughs> No, I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. It had a purpose. It wasn't a whole to keep the cup off the table. I don't know what the hell. I still can't tell you what the hell a sauce is, but what the hell is it for? <laughs> explain no. it to me. Goddess, explain to me what the hell is a saucer for? A saucer? Yes. Why? I don't know. Me either. <laughs> to hold sauce, to dip mm. sauces in. Nah, nah. No, the thing that you put under the cup. cup. It, it's underneath your. I cup. think so. I think so. Just it, I don't know what it's for. To be honest, I think I maybe think not to put a stain right? on your table on the on the table. Like they put it on. You put it on top of it so it don't put it like. Because you got hot tea yeah. or whatever. It put that little yeah. ring on your joint. Yes. It put the little yes. ring on it. So you put the yeah. little sauce there so it don't. It don't well, put if the there's anything that drips, it drips into the exactly. sauce. That's, that's if you have a nice. That's if you have a nice tea. Yeah. Okay, all you smart people in the comments, um, tell us what the hell the sauce is. You fuck. <laughs> you know, I po I posted a picture one time, and it was like a. Uh, it was like a, a table setting and it showed like the plate and then the salad plate and all these knives and spoons and all this other stuff, right? And someone says, you know, how do you use these utensils? And my response was, that looks like a lot of dishes. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I know it's the extra. order. I know the order. <laughs> I know what they're for. I know what the forks and the spoons and the stuff is for. I know why there's. I know they where they go on the table. I know how to use them and which direction to use them in. I got that. I still don't know why. Why do you need all of that? I can eat shrimp with any kind of fork. I don't just need a shrimp fork. You know what I mean? I can eat. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Why do we have to make life so complicated? <laughs> we need to. We need to. Right. But that's the past. That's why now you have so many people rebellious. Yeah. You know what I'm and yeah. now they're like, you know what? Bump that. That doesn't Bump mean it. nothing. Because there was a time where if you follow these rules and what society expected you to do, 
that's how you know you had grace or whatever it is. But that's bullshit. <laughs> well, I thought this is just so my daughter would know that it was like to break a plate. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't want her to be just completely ignorant, didn't know how to set a table and none of that stuff. But um, if it was my choice, we'd have just had paper plates and some uh, silverware, and then all we had to wash is silverware. Went done and done at the end of the day. When you have about plates, you know what a place setting was. When you have kids, paper plates are a blessing. I don't care what anybody say. Paper plates all day. I'll have a whole bunch of dishes in the cabinet. Don't touch that. Straight up. Get the paper plate. Straight up. And that's it. You know, how old are your kids, Justo? Three and five. Oh, okay. So you haven't you haven't hit the um uh that moment where all your silverware goes missing. I don't know if you dealt with that. Oh, no. Uh, yes. Oh, you will. They, because they don't want to wash it, they'll just throw it in the trash. Let me tell you something. I went and I was looking for a spoon. I'm like, there's no silverware. Not, no silverware. And I'm not talking about plastic. I'm talking about silverware gone. Nah. I'm like, where's the silverware? Nah. I don't know. I don't know. They throwing that shit out. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to wash it, so they throw it in the trash. Nah. Been there. Wait, wait, just though. You got a couple years coming. Oh God, Man, it's a <laughs> lot. It's a lot of stuff coming. I get two girls. This is a whole bunch of stuff I got to worry about. The whole but you know oh, what? Yeah. Just keep, just keep, keep building up their self-esteem, their confidence. Mm -hmm. Give them the space to tell you how they feel. That's so mm -hmm. important to me with my kids. I, I, I'm not going to lie, like when they were younger, I had that very traditional way. No, do what I say. Don't ask no questions. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And then as I got older, I started realizing it was affecting them. And they were like, Mom, why are you doing this? Why are you? And I was just like, you know what? I need to give my kids a voice. I realized that I was just following how I was raised. Right, right. I was right. raised, you know, from a strict family. So I'm right. like, no, I don't want my kids to be depressed. I think raising children mentally healthy is a challenge, but but it's necessary. Yeah. And just know that yeah. boys tear up your house. Well, girls tear up your soul. <laughs> my girls do both. Girls, they tear up the house. They be tearing me down. They just they be girls. Girls. You don't understand. Nobody's oh, yeah. ever been through nothing that they've been through ever they in have, life. They, they have it so hard. Yes, they are so dramatic. Yes, they are. I mean, they're already <laughs> like that. I told y'all, they act like they're 13 and 15. They're already like that. Crying for everything, whining, oh, this, oh, you didn't do that. Oh, daddy, why'd you move that other than? I'm like, come on, y'all too young for this. Uh, let, let me tell you. Let me tell you how dramatic they are. This is the actual conversation I had with my daughter when she was four. Mommy, I don't feel good. I was like, "What's the matter?" I I, I don't feel good. I was like, "Well, what's wrong?" My insulin is low. I I I I, I my sugar my sugar's low, Mama. Your daughter is young. <laughs> She be having you, yo. I I see what you talking about. She be really. I asked them what they want to eat. 
I'm like, what do you guys want to eat? You want some chicken? Oh, I don't eat that. Okay, so what you guys eat now? No, we eat this. You don't know what they want every day. It doesn't eat. matter to me. I we have a rule. I had a rule. You have to try everything. You might not like it. That's, that's, old, that's okay. A, that's old but too. you have to try that's everything. Because like, you know, because grandma used to do that. My grandmother used to do that. Like, I ain't eating. I'm like, yeah, if you don't like it, that's fine. But you're going to try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna try it yeah. because you they have to expand their palates. My yeah. daughter used to tell me I don't like a lot of stuff, but she eat a lot of shit that I don't eat. I don't eat pig's feet and none of that shit, but she eat all of that because I made her eat it. You know, try it. You might like it. And she did. Every day they change up. I don't, but she like it. So, <laughs> so parenting advice from Powerful Impact. Boom. <laughs> Man, it was a pleasure, Justo and SP. Yeah, so. I, I have to, I gotta leave because I said, Yeah, I just too. wanted to thank Justo for coming. Thank you, ladies. I, I appreciate you, especially just getting off work. Thank you so much. No doubt. It's at Justo the MC. So, just like how you see it there, just put the at J U S T O T H E M C. Y'all can find me on everything Instagram, all that good stuff. And their music links and everything will be in the description. So all you have to do is click them and get on some of this, some of these jams because he has a new single out that is the bomb. I listened to that. It oh, was thank you, dope. thank you, thank you, thank you. Swaggoo, right? I think that's the swag. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. That was good. I love that single. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate so I put all the the links in the description and we'll see you next time peace peace peace, peace. Bye, guys boom peace boom.